3: This is The Edge with Jonathan von Tobel and Matt Humans
4: on VCN, the Sports Betty Network. What up, folks? Welcome into this Friday edition of The Edge. We've got a good one on tap for today, a lot to get to in the next hour. We're tracking everything at the PGA Championship. Uh, we have a lot of NBA to get to, as the Celtics have even that series between the Miami Heat.
3: And um, baseball, too, because you've got a pretty good baseball card that gets started later in the day. Matt Eumanns? I'm going to argue the Celtics have not evened the series. They've taken the uh, the lead in the series. Well, when you uh, when, when you take seven of eight quarters through two games. Yeah, well, and also when you're favored, uh, about $3 favorite in the series, <laughs> I think you've taken the lead. Uh, it's good to be a bookmaker right now if uh, you're booking the PGA. The favorite uh, coming into the tournament, Scotty Scheffler, gone. Yep. He's not going to be around for the weekend, six over. And the cut line... Uh, looks like it's not going to get higher than five over. It's currently sitting at plus four. So uh, a lot of bookmakers had liability on Scotty Scheffler this week in the PGA. Uh, it's going to be money in the bank for the books. And, uh, well, it's going to be a better if you have JT, Will Zalatoris, let's say Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith. All those guys. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just mentioning the bigger names. The more popular players who uh, drew the most action. We've got some guys up there who are live. Right now at the top of the leaderboard, and Tiger Woods walking a tightrope to see if he's going to make the cut. Similar to what we talked about at Augusta, uh, he's going to have to birdie a couple holes. He is right on the cut line of four over par. Yeah, right he's now. he's playing defensive golf today, basically trying not to make mistakes, put himself in a hole, and I'm I'm sure he's hoping that he can luck into. Uh, you know, a couple easy birdie opportunities along the way with his uh, short iron play, but it hasn't happened so far. But Tiger playing steady golf, like you said, walking the tightrope on the cut line of plus four.
4: So the uh, entire leaderboard at the top, to give you an idea of what's going on, you mentioned the names, but to give the scores, Justin Thomas, his day is all done. Shoots back-to-back 67s, round one and round two. So he is six under par for the tournament, three under for today. Will Zalatoris, who we're tracking um, uh, very much so right now. He's five under for the tournament, one under for today. Missed about, what would you say, like a 9, 10-foot putt for birdie that we just watched right before we came on the air. Um, so he is right behind Justin Thomas, as is Abraham Answer, who had a pretty good day today. And he's through four. I shouldn't say had. He's still on the course at two under par. So we have two guys at five under. And then, as we mentioned, a bunch of guys who are at four under. Well, I shouldn't say a bunch. There's only two. Mito Pereira, who is through seven with a two under. And uh, Rory McIlroy, the aforementioned, who is the one over for the day and having a little bit of trouble, bogey two and is in uh, rough shape right now trying to get out of the, uh, the trap. At uh, What is he on right now?
3: He's got to get ump- up Five. and down from this bunker to yep. save par. It's going to be hard for him to do this. And it uh, looks like Rory might go two over for the day. And uh, the, th- the funny thing with Rory – and uh, let's, you know, this is his third shot on par five. Yeah. He's probably going to be able to save par here. Uh, the funny thing with Rory's in most majors, and he has not won a major since 2014, he's had poor starts in the first round. He, he played a great first round on Thursday. Well, today he's playing like it's the first round. Uh, he is out of sync, and you can tell that he's really struggling right, right now. I think Rory would be thrilled if he could get in the clubhouse with a 70 today and uh, just – Call it, call it even, and uh, move on to the third round. Looks like Rory is going to have about a, at least a 15-footer here to uh, try to birdie this uh, par five, which is where Tiger Woods is got to make some hay. On these par fives, you, these are birdie opportunities, and uh, Tiger's got to birdie a couple of holes here, here to give himself a chance. Jordan Spieth also in that club. Looks like Spieth's going to be inside the cut line. Uh, he's been scuffling off and on here the past couple days. How about this prop that Jeff Davis put up at Circus Sports? I wanted to talk about this. I really like it. Uh, PGA Championship second-round matchup. Tiger Woods, John Daly. Tiger minus $5, John Daly plus $4. And <clears throat> if you looked at Daly's uh, second-round score prop today, it was 775 And JVT, if you just looked at Daly, by the way, 77.5 over minus 125 at Circus Sports. Jeff Davis, nice job getting creative with that stuff. If you just looked at John Daly, you would say this guy's got no prayer to shoot in the 70s. Look at him. He looks Uh, like. Look at him. Oh my gosh. He looks like a train wreck out there. But he's playing pretty good golf. And by the way, he played better golf than Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler this week. Yep. He is through nine right now. Uh, he is one
4: over for the day. Tiger's even. So uh, that is uh, right there. Um, in terms I thought it was actual. tempting
3: to take the $4 with John Daly on that prop. I
4: think so, especially yeah. when he like, he takes care of himself, the diet that he's on when he's out there on the course. <laughs> After his late this. night activities huh? yesterday
3: where he goes to bed early. Here's but. why I thought it was tempting to take $4 on Daly yeah. is I thought Tiger might quit. Yeah. You know, there's a chance that if Tiger came out and played poorly at the start, you're going to see him start to limp, and he might just pack it in. And that's where taking the 4-1 to one odds on Daly uh, had a chance to be a pretty good bet. I, I did consider uh, playing that last night, end up uh, not playing. I've, I've, I made a bad enough bet on Tiger to make the cut, and it's going to be lucky if he can get there. For
4: those who didn't see Daly yesterday, uh, hanging out at the uh, Hooters Casino, Playing the machines, there was a picture of him taking flip flops and shorts, just burning money at the uh, the slots. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, as it was, uh, as he put out there, his on course diet: twenty one cigarettes, six packs of peanut M Ms, and uh, twelve diet cokes in one round. That's incredible. Not an ounce of water. <laughs> <laughs> and he could probably destroy so many people. Oh, oh, so many of you, I, we got Ben Wilson who comes in every day. Ben, hey Matt, you hit the, the course today. Got a quick round and He would destroy Ben Wilson.
3: Ben Wilson's. Uh... As slender and as healthy right. as it gets, is yeah. he about six foot, 170 pounds, right. and uh, a clean liver? Plays golf about every day. And John Daly could, uh, oh, you know what? Ben Wilson can. He could probably hold his own. would be. I'd make Daly uh, a 250 favorite Stop. in that match. It wouldn't be that low. Uh, ben Wilson's got a shot.
4: <laughs> I mean, we all.
3: Have, I mean, he technically, Dude, got he's a shot. But... Ben Wilson's got out there. <clears> this, <throat> by the way, Ben Wilson, a producer and on-air host of V-CENT, He. Host of the run line Sundays, uh, he does. Follow the That's a great studio. baseball show. Tune in Sunday nights, following right Daniel after camp. the JVT show. Uh, Ben Wilson's gone out there this year and shot in the 60s. Yes, yeah. oh, I know. Yeah.
4: I'm play. not, t- I'm saying that John Daly is such a legend that I don't think that he would have any shot against a man who, uh, <laughs> who's got peanut MMs and Diet Coke flowing through his veins to the level that uh, John Daly does. All right, so we'll keep an eye on this again. Uh, your leader, Thomas, six
3: under, he's in the clubhouse. So we got a couple of guys who are looking to. Uh, to get up there. How Do you about know this? what
4: Mito Pereira closed
3: at? Uh, I do not. I was going to double-check that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess somewhere around 150 to 1. It all Field depends. Field's 6 to 1? Huh? <laughs> Field's <laughs> 6 to 1? <one. laughs> Come on. Uh, so we do a PGA. We do a, a golf league, a gambling league for every major. And we have a lot of book, bookmakers and bettors in this league. And you put up money to enter. You can make side bets if you want. But it's a snake draft. Uh, you draw positions in the draft. Je- Indy Jeff Seely drew the top pick in this draft. Okay. okay. Who would you take if you turn back the clock three days? Tiger, just think of birdie putt, by the way. So Tiger, can, yeah. birdie's a par five, which said he had this to. He's got five fours on his card, and he's now three over for the tournament. Distances himself from the cut line and is uh, two strokes up on John Daly for the day as well. Um, so Indy Jeff Seely had the top pick in this draft. Here's a sheet, the chart. You can't see it from there, but uh, if you can see it, we have 12 owners in the league, 12 team league. We each drafted nine players. So we, pick? we went pretty deep in this 156-player yeah. field. And um, Jeff Seely's top pick, Scotty Scheffler. Oof. Yeah. So, you don't blame him. What's that? Highest power-rated golfer you would I seen. wasn't going to yeah. take Scheffler. I had the number two pick. Ooh, who'd you take? Don Daly. <clears throat> I, was, I had to debate it. And actually, some of the guys in the league were getting ticked off. Come on, make your pick. Make your pick. Oh, I you just... stop. Some of those guys take forever. Right. <laughs> is, including Rex Byers, who was not paying attention to who was picked and already picked a guy who was off the board like three times during the you draft. You lose a golfer if you do it. But, well, Nick Bardonovich suggested a much stiffer penalty for Rex, but I can't say if it on air. I can't be. Um, <laughs> so I had the number two pick. I had... I, Debated this for a little bit too long. I went with JT instead of Colin Morikawa.
4: Oh, nice!
3: Lucky okay, move. Yeah. And Morikawa slipped all the way to the 11th pick of the first round wow. by Dan by the team of Dan Saley and Randy McKay, which we're calling the team Dandy.
4: Dandy, that's a good one.
3: Dan and Randy. <laughs> uh, Jay Cornegay's first round pick, Patrick Cantley, not going to be around uh-huh. for the weekend, right? So Paul Stone had the third pick. He took John Rahm. Rom led the field in driving distance yep. yesterday and shot poorly. Uh, it's uh, this has been a little bit of a bizarre major, but uh, I'm hoping we have a shot here with uh, Justin Thomas now with a two-stroke lead over McIlroy.
4: And today's been kind of weird. Today we should mention this too because the, the winds were pretty strong at some point uh, in this day too. And you see a lot of these guys trying to use this to their advantage uh-huh. in some of these holes. But uh, it has been a lower or a lower scoring day. Like, there hasn't been a lot of low scores, to put it that way. Brooks Kepka did have a good day. That's worth mentioning. He's two over. He's going to make the cut because he finished three under par today. But the three best scores are 67s all in the clubhouse. Uh, that was Thomas, Viesberger, and uh, Kepka who are there. So we'll see if uh, any golfer that's currently on the course right now could beat that. But uh, right now, it does not seem like it's a day for scoring, at least for some of these guys.
3: Well, it's been very windy. Yep. If anybody uh, watching or listening to us lives in Las Vegas, you know how windy it is out here today. Uh, Every day. It's uh, even windier right now in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. How about Wrigley Field? You watching the Cubs game today? The way that wind is blowing at Wrigley uh, today, but it's very windy conditions. And uh, Tulsa, it's been tough for scoring out there today. The thing about Justin Thomas, last thing I mentioned about this right now, he's 6-under and he's the leader, and he got the worst of the weather uh, conditions on his tee times in each of the first two rounds. And not
4: surprising, too, because I heard the guy, you know, the long shot guys, that would be Wes and Brady talk about this. You know, your approach shots, greens and regulations, it's going to be really important in a course like this. And not surprising, the top four guys in terms of greens and regulation at this point in the tournament, Will Zalatoris, Mito Pereira, Justin Thomas, Tyrell Hatton, all guys, of course, three of them in the top three, one of them in the top 13.
3: So. Well, and two of the reasons uh, I like to play Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris—they they are great short iron players. Yep. Great iron players in general. Will Zalatoris with about a 40-foot putt here for a birdie. He's going to come up just a little bit wide right, but uh, he's going to stay at five under.
4: Yes, he should. Yes, he should.
3: Okay, we'll
4: come back. On the other side, we got to get to what happened yesterday. Uh, You mentioned it. Not so much an even series at this point, but a slaughter at the hands of the Boston Celtics. Miami Heat looking around for answers, and I'm not sure we're going to find them for Miami. But we'll come back, recap what the Celtics did. And I got to tell you this. Everybody, you know, Marcus Smart had a really good performance coming back. But we got so wrapped up in Marcus Smart, defensive player, that we forgot to mention that Marcus Smart is their starting point guard. And that made a really big difference yesterday for the Celtics. That's on the other side here on the edge.
2: Three hundred thousand dollars. Anyone can win. Relationships matter, and only one All Star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is the Edge on VSN, the
4: Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in the Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free cash prizes all season long. In a weekly prediction pool, the fight for your share of $62,500. Total cash prizes at DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 or older, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And please drink responsibly. Woo, buddy. You know, yesterday, um, you like some of those no sweaters. I had one the day before. Didn't have to sweat out the, the Mavericks plus five and a half because they were just getting destroyed. Right. Didn't have to really sweat out Celtics and Heat. Although the pessimist in me, when the Heat cut it down to 17 in the third quarter, I was like, they're going to blow this. <laughs> they're going to blow this. Uh, ultimately, no, that, that is not what ends up happening. 127 to 102, the final score. The Boston Celtics, uh, they literally take a uh, – they split the series at uh, – or excuse me, they split the uh, two games on the road. So it is an even series at this point right now. Uh, but I would agree with your assessment, Matt Humans. I don't think it's a shock that you get your two starters back here in this game and the result flips on its head in a really big way here. I think you saw much more of what the Celtics have uh, as a team and as a whole in this game. And you saw it in parts of the first game, too. We have played eight quarters now at this point. The Heat have won exactly one of those quarters, Mm -hmm. and that was that third quarter in the first game. Big difference.
3: And that was a big win because uh, the Heat had a 22-2 run to open that third quarter in game one. But also I think what happens – uh, the Heat probably thought they they were better than they really are after that game one. You beat the Celtics 118-107. Jimmy Butler has a huge game. You're starting to buy all the hype, yep. all the media hype. Hey, you beat a Celtics team down two starters. And the Celtics are going to come back in game two and play with uh, much more urgency, which is what I thought you saw from the start last night. You saw a Miami Heat team that came out and played like, hey, we got this rope 1-0. Mm-hmm. And they got punched in the face. How about this from Sean Grandy? We had him on our shows quite a bit in uh, recent years. He's the play-by-play voice for the Boston Celtics. He tweeted this out last night from 538, JVT. Mm
4: -hmm. If you weren't jacked up enough, 538 now gives the Celtics
3: a 70% chance
4: to win the NBA Finals. Yes. 70% chance to win the NBA Finals. For those who are wondering, that would mean that they would be about a minus 233 favorite to win the NBA Finals, if that is accurate.
3: Which I think is too high. Yeah, to give
4: 538 credit too, by the way, I don't know, do you remember this? At the beginning of the, uh-huh. 2022, I think it was January, they made the Celtics the favorite to win the title. They were the most probable team to win the title according to their projections. Is that
3: right? Yep. I don't recall that, oh, yeah. but that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, I did bet the Celtics, as you and I were talking about. I, I, I was trying to decide, do you bet the Celtics to win the series before game two or what's us say, hey, they lose game two, you're going to get much better price. So I bet half as much on the Celtics before last night's game. and I also bet the Celtics to win the whole thing. Um, I didn't get the best number, apparently. I got plus 180 on the Celtics to win the title. Bet MGM actually has plus $2 right now?
4: Yeah. Like, that's I still up that's there? Pretty, I think that's relatively...
3: I was seeing 170, 175 at Circa and uh, the Westgate this morning. So if you like the Celtics, grab that $2 at Bet MGM. Yep.
4: And so let's let's dive into a couple of things here when it comes to what we just watched. And also... Um, one more thing to point out here, and this is, I think, one more. Do we get to this from Sean Garandy as well? Because the Celtics, in the last four months now, Matt Humans, have lost 11 games. With the Game 2 blowout, Boston, this is from Sean Garandy again, play-by-play voice of the Boston Celtics. Boston now 10-1 and with a plus 16.6 scoring differential
3: in the games that follow. Again, that's a team playing with a lot of urgency down in a series. Yeah. Coming off the loss. Right, yeah.
4: and as he noted, you know, you subtract the Toronto game that the Celtics punted, four starters out March 28th. Those numbers are 10-0 and 0 with a point differential of plus 18.6. Uh, that's incredible, really. This team's been freaking awesome. Uh, road games have not mattered for them either they've won those at a really solid clip but let's talk about what we saw too because i think one of the things that we kind of lost in all of this was smart playing point guard horford coming back Ime udoka after the game uh, brought this up was like look man uh, those two they're pretty good and it's pretty important having two of our starters back out there on the floor well, yeah it was great to have the vets back obviously uh, calming really pl- presence there um didn't get off to our best start a little slow to start but uh, fought right back into it press press and After, I guess, the first five or six minutes, we held them down scoring-wise. But overall, it was a good overall effort. Bounced back. I felt we didn't play as poorly as last game showed. You know, we like I said, we won three quarters and had a very bad uh, third quarter. That was hard to overcome, but we saw a lot of positives and areas we could attack. And so uh, it helped to have those two back for sure. Absolutely, and it makes sense because Marcus Smart, and we kept kept talking about that, right? Hey, you know, possessions on Jimmy Butler is going to do a little bit of a better job than Mm -hmm. Peyton Pritchard, who Peyton Pritchard, by the way, was incredible again yesterday. Did you see him score over Tyler Hero and do the two small – thing down the court. Oh, man, they were feeling it. Uh, let's hear from Marcus Smart, though, because yep. one of the stories behind the scenes, and Tim, uh, Tim BonTEMs brought this up on Brian Windhorst podcast today. Behind the scenes, Marcus Smart for the last few years has been telling them, I can play point guard, but they go get Kemba Walker. They try out Dennis Schroeder. They're doing all these things. And in reality, the guy in terms of Marcus Smart was probably their best option. A lot of pride. That's what I've been doing my whole career. You know, that's what I got drafted here to do.
3: And, uh, you know, I just waited my turn. You know, and uh, I'm blessed to be in the situation I am, to have the opportunity to go out and show what I can do. And, uh, you know, I think um, everybody in the organization and the world is seeing what I can do at that point guard position.
4: He was awesome. He was great on that end of the floor. And I think it was uh, like he had 13 passes to a shooter and they made like 12 of them or something like that. Like, he made a really big difference for this offense, I right. He's yeah. been
3: a much better point guard than Kimba Walker. Yes. He's been a much better point guard for the Celtics than uh, Kyrie Irving was. That, how about that? Yeah, I, you find the answer at point guard. It's an unexpected answer, and it uh, looks like it's Marcus Smart. He's such a good player on both ends of the floor, and I think he's really bounced back. You talk about teams bouncing back. How about Marcus Smart? That disastrous end. to, Was it uh, was a game four, or game five, game five in Boston, oh. where the Celtics blew the lead with two minutes to go? Are you talking about the, against when the, he the went, Bucks? Yeah, when he went up for the shot and got fouled yeah. and he didn't get it. Yeah. 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 Well, he just. You know the Celtics had a disastrous final two minutes, and Marcus Smart had two. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that one, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah Marcus yeah. Smart had two plays that backfired, and the Bucks stole that game. Since then, he's bounced back and played really well. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And so this ties into kind of what I'm going to talk
4: about here. So let's hear from Jimmy Butler because one of the takeaways that I thought from Game One, despite the you know three quarters, all that stuff, the Celtics did have a lot of good shots. The, the quality of their shots looked really good. The shot quality score for that game actually had Boston winning that game if you actually looked mm-hmm. at it. And Butler spoke to this after the game and said hey look you know they made shots that they missed last game and that was the biggest difference
3: they, they made shots that they missed last
4: game that's just what it is it's gonna be hard to beat anybody when they shoot 50 percent from the field and 50 percent from the three uh, they were the more physical team overall and um they got one on the road so then you kind of spin this forward to maybe a game like today, for example. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say, but this is one of my favorite accounts to follow lately, uh, at shot underscore quality up on Twitter. And it gives you an idea of shot quality scores and if shots go down in the average and all that stuff, what this games really look like. And as I said, the Celtics. Won game one by a shot quality standpoint, and this is from their Twitter account. In higher stakes games, good process matters. Over the past three seasons, teams that have won a playoff shot quality score win their next playoff game 62% of the time. Mm. Celtics won the game yesterday, and the Dallas Mavericks won the shot quality score in game one against the Golden State Warriors.
3: Yeah, sometimes I wonder how much a shot quality number matters when it's a blowout in a game. Let's say the Mavericks got blown out in game one at Golden State. Did they get better shots because the Warriors were up so big in that game?
4: I mean, it takes account for everything. And I okay. would say the first half was a competitive first half. They were only down by – how much were they down by a half? I was going to say eight. Yeah, I don't something know. something like, like that, that, right? So it takes into account every single shot in this game. So I would say maybe that weighs it down a little bit. But still, at the same time, shot quality is quality. If you're getting good looks, then you're getting good looks. And – a 62% clip in terms of the team winning the next game, that's a pretty good clip to look at sure. there. Sure. You know, and I think really, in reality, because we were talking about using this, because you can also use it for college basketball, I think it's really beneficial when you are talk about the NBA when you're talking about series and teams playing one another consistently, right, over the course of a best of seven. I think you can read into this a little bit more. Now, do I think it means the Mavericks are going to win today? No. But to use it as a barometer of saying, hey – Not only did they win the shot quality score, they went 8 of 28 on wide-open three-point attempts in that first game. This point spread went from 5.5 to 6.5 for the second game. There's probably some value in looking at a Dallas Mavericks team that played much better than they did in that first matchup.
3: Yeah, I could see that. Well, Luka Doncic, for one, I thought he had some pretty good looks in that game one that he bricked, the shots that he's typically going to make. So that would play into that shot quality number. He had more turnovers, seven, than he had made field goals, six, in that game. So – just right off the bat, you would think he's going to shoot the ball much better. I didn't think the Warriors' defense necessarily locked him down. I just didn't think he played that well. Right. And now you you had a lot of questions about his shoulder. Uh, any answers on that today? Nothing really. He said that he's going
4: to get treatment. He's going to be fine. It's been bothering him. You know, as I recklessly speculated in the column this morning, maybe you see the kinetic tape on it like he wore at the end of that Phoenix series. Mm-hmm. Maybe that appears again because he didn't wear it in game one, and maybe that helped him out. But – it did worry me to a certain extent, but after much deliberation, I was like, "I'm like this is a this is a number that has value to me. I'm going to trust that Doncic is going right. to get treatment and be fine. So we'll see if that's the case. But grabbing at it and then short rimming a bunch, like shorting a bunch of shots and hitting in front of the rim, it's a little worrisome for Doncic because I'm going to go out on a limb and say they really need him. So, all right, well, we'll have more on that game as part of Best Bets, and maybe we'll have more on the uh, Boston Miami series because, uh, as you said, this series you don't want to call anything over, but. Uh, Looks like there's a gap between these two teams. We'll just put it that way.
3: Well, there's a gap in the series price right now. <laughs> yep, big time. The Celtics are big favorites in the series, and uh, the Celtics are not favorites to win the NBA title uh, right now. That's the Warriors, but I think the Celtics probably should be the favorites. Right, we'll keep so you up- can still grab some value there if you believe Boston's going to win the whole thing. Very good point.
4: We'll keep you updated on the PGA Championship. Get the baseball as well. It's the edge. This is
1: The Edge on vSEN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Zen Nicotine Pouches is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths. Three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six for even more simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit zen.com that's zyn.com to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Again, ZYN. Dot com. All right, JBT. We're talking baseball and golf. Uh, yeah, really quick. I know you've been watching. What uh, what just happened with Tiger? Uh, Tiger missed a birdie putt by about a half inch. He had on a par three. He had about a twenty footer straight line. Looked like a great putt. Just slid about a half inch left of the cup. Uh, so he's still three over, uh, which puts him one shot clear of the uh, cut line, which is currently at plus four. Will Zalatoris just saved par from the bunker. He is five under. One stroke off the lead set by Justin Thomas, who is 6-under, and uh, Rory McElroy not having a good day, but he's hanging in there. Rory uh, not falling too far back. He's still two strokes back at 4-under. Looks like Shoffley just uh, singed the edge on a birdie putt there too, so
4: he will stay at 2-under par. Major League Baseball, your New York Yankees. Fresh off of a disappointing performance against the Baltimore Orioles in their series finale, mm-hmm. we get to take out their frustrations on Dallas Keichel and the Chicago White Sox today. What do you make of the Bronx Bombers now? I think, uh, what am I looking at here? Postponed. Oh, never mind. Oh, come on. I was looking forward to that one.
3: What well, well, a delayed game.
4: Yeah, there's been a lot of these, and I should have recalled it because Yohan uh, Moncada is in my uh, fantasy baseball team, and I got the notification right before he came on the air. Never <sighs> mind. It's It's not going to happen in the Bronx.
3: Yeah, it's been. We've had a lot of weather uh, postponements on the East Coast. This is another one tonight. This is going to be a good series, though. The White Sox need to play better baseball. The Yankees whipped up on them pretty good last week on the uh, South Side of Chicago. And it was Nasty Nestor who was supposed to start tonight for the Yankees.
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and his numbers look really good. So I was excited to watch that, man. Really excited. All right, let's go to Late Night West Coast. uh, and let's talk, I think, about the best one on the board late night. And I can't wait because this is, this is the best part, 7.15 p.m. our time. So we have mm-hmm. to watch this late. Um, Sean Maniah is going to oppose one Jakob Yunus and uh, the San Francisco Giants. dollar twenty favorite, total of 7.5. Mania has been freaking great for the San Diego Padres. Uh, Yunus, in two starts, five appearances, has been really good for them as well. Um, as the San Francisco Giants will meet the San Diego Padres today. Uh, what are you made of this? Because if you look at it, Yunus, from the mm-hmm. standpoint of being a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants uh, has been off to a really good start.
3: Yeah, a little bit surprising to me. And I've I've still – the Giants got beat up by the Dodgers in that series in L.A., I'm going to say two weeks ago. But the Giants were also shorthanded. They didn't have some of the big bats in their lineup. Yastrzemski's one of the guys who's come back and hit a game-winning homer in Colorado a couple days ago. The Giants, when they're at full strength, I think, are going to be a team that can push the Padres, probably pass the Padres and push the – Dodgers in this division right now three games back but they've won seven of their past ten. I still am not totally convinced the uh, the Giants' pitching is going to hang in there for a full season. But so far it's been so good, like you said. Um, I didn't play. I didn't play this game tonight, but I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's probably a fair price. The Padres really struggling offensively. And they pick up Robinson Cano. I don't know if that's going to help at all.
4: No, I'm not sure either. And uh, this is probably not a game in which you're going to see the offense erupt. One, the totals already uh, at where it's at. Mania has been, as I mentioned, awesome. 377 ERA, but a 320 expected ERA, 326 on the fielding independent. Strikeouts are up this year for the first time. If he ends with this, there'll be plenty of way to go. Uh, But... Averaging nearly ten and a half strikeouts every nine been innings, great. Um, yeah. So his strikeouts are up. Getting a little lucky on balls in play,
3: but if you look around, like it has been a really good fit in terms of
4: Manaya going over there. And
3: uh, I Sean think... Manaya has been one of my favorite pitchers for a few years. Yeah. Obviously, pitched for the A's previously to the Padres, having a great season. I, I think if I bet this, I'd probably play Manaya maybe in the first five. Or, or look under the total, because like you said, I, I don't think you're going to see a high scoring game tonight.
4: I, I, my wonder is so, Eunice, it's weird because uh, as I mentioned, he's made some appearances out of the bullpen. He's also made two starts. Overall, twenty and two thirds. 174 ERA looks pretty, in, uh, pretty good. Fielding independent, though, a little bit higher. 334. His expected ERA is at 425. We were talking about this with Adam Burke uh, before you uh, came back from your vacation. And uh, with this expected ERA, looking at things like hard contact is going to be something that kind of spikes that. And sure enough, 45.6% of the batted balls against Eunice have an exit velocity of 95 miles an hour or more. So he's giving up a bunch of hard contact, and you wonder if at some point that kind of works against him. Are the Padres the lineup to do it, though? I think the, the line is – I thought it was surprising that it moved in the direction of San Francisco as strongly as it did because I think I'd rather back Manaya here as opposed to – and it's not like it moved crazy, but I think I'd rather back Manaya in the I'd Padres. I'd rather back
3: up, but I think he had better, probably got a better chance for a low-scoring game, probably an right. right under. Yeah. Uh, if, if you said I had to bet this thing, I'd probably play it under seven and a half. Or like I said, take some plus money with Mania in the first five. By the way, when the Padres finally get Fernando Tatis Jr. back, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be pretty tough. But without him, they've been uh, very inconsistent offensively. And uh, Robinson Cano, not going to be the answer. No, he's not.
4: You know who might be the answer for the future? Uh, Chase Silseth, potentially, for the Anaheim Angels? What do you made of him? He made one start. It was six innings. It was a pretty strong performance, one hit, four strikeouts against the Oakland Athletics. The A's get another glimpse at him tonight. I was I was actually pretty surprised, and we talked about this. The uh, respect the Angels are getting it is it is apt to a certain extent. Their mm-hmm. lineup's really good, but especially at home, you're going to see some bitty, uh, pretty big prices. Still, Still Seth, is a dollar eighty favorite over Paul Blackburn, who I, has been pitching
3: lights out. He's I been like incredible. I like Blackburn. I like Blackburn here. This is one I, I thought about. I might end up betting this tonight. I didn't make it a best bet on the show today, but you got the better pitcher in Blackburn. Silseth, so yeah, he, he, he's got a good start in his back pocket, but I need to see a little bit more. And the Angels just dropped three in a row on the road. And you know how it is with the Angels. As soon as you get your hopes up and think, ah, oh, this team's got it, then they disappoint you. It seems like this is the type of game that they should win. They'll go home and struggle to win this game tonight. But Blackburn's a good enough pitcher at plus 165, this type of baseball bet that uh, gets my attention. And, and I do wonder, you know, a young kid like Silseth I think he came up from double A, uh, Right, and sure. The big
4: leap. First time you saw him. His second time out's against the exact same lineup that he faced in his first start. You the first time
3: it's... up, and you're right. I know what you're gonna say. The yeah. first time up, you can catch a team by surprise. Right. The second time, you're not gonna catch them by surprise. You're yep. gonna be scouted, and they're gonna have a better plan of attack to hit you tonight.
4: Yeah. So I'm. I agree with you. I think the uh, the Oakland Athletics. It is very much a game worth circling here at a price like that, with a pitcher on the mound like that against a young guy who showed some pretty good stuff, but still pretty raw, and taking on this team for the second consecutive start. Uh, one more game on to throw. Blackburn, you. by yeah. the way,
3: has got a whip of zero point nine zero. His yeah. split,
4: I, yeah. well, I call them you know his slash line. I know it's usually for hitters. One sixty seven ERA, two ninety nine expected ERA, and a two thirty fifth. Like he's been mm-hmm. freaking great. There's no signs of regression anywhere for a guy like Blackburn. Um, Dodgers and Phillies. Can we go to this game really quickly? I want to make sure. Is this game still being played? I want to make sure that I didn't get any postponements. I believe it is. Yes, it is. Um, I think this is pretty interesting because we were talking about the Phillies and how well they played on the West Coast. Yeah. So now they get one of these West Coast teams back, and it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Arias versus Ranger Suarez, two lefties on the Hill. Uh, the Dodgers have been average against left handed pitching. The last couple of years have been the point. But like this year, for example, 13th weighted runs created plus, 14th uh, weighted on base average. So they're like a, they're just an average baseball team against left-handed pitching, and you get Suarez here who might be due for some regression, but maybe not against a, a lineup like this that doesn't do great against lefties. And Philly actually does really well against lefties from a stat standpoint. Sixth in the way to runs created plus. I wonder if the Phillies are in a pretty good spot as being a home dog here tonight against the
3: Dodgers. I thought the Phillies were in a pretty good spot last week in LA. They yeah. they really roughed up the Dodgers, and the Dodgers were lucky to rally and win that last game of the series five to four when they were down four zero. Dodgers are also lucky that Mookie Betts woke up and he started to hit. And uh, he's really sparked the offense because you still got guys like Max Muncie who are not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I would think if you're Dave Roberts, you got to sit Max Muncie in a game like this tonight, a lefty on lefty matchup. He's having trouble hitting right handers. He's probably not going to hit a lefty tonight. So I think um, Dave Roberts needs to juggle his lineup a little bit tonight. Uh, but yeah, I'd. I think the Phillies' home dogs look somewhat attractive here. Yeah, they're 7-4 against left-handed starters this year. You're up uh, about 2.6
4: units in those games. I found it was interesting. So the Athletic had a pretty good piece on the Phillies' West Coast trip, and they were talking about how some of the um, members of the team were uh, very outspoken about the difference in the baseballs out on the West Coast when they were on that trip as opposed to <laughs> playing at home. And it was pretty interesting because you look at these games they played at home since coming back. Three uh, nothing lost to the Padres. They won three nothing. They lost two nothing. Uh, their offense has completely disappeared after a West Coast trip in which they were
3: just absolutely destroying the baseball. So they, they thought the baseballs were live on the West Coast and they're yeah. playing with dead balls on the East Coast.
4: Yeah, I, the, the implication was that the balls were different. They didn't know if it was a West Coast East Coast thing or if it was just hey that batch of balls out there on the West Coast just got mixed. Whatever it is, could, could it be
3: that the uh, weather was much warmer on but, the West Coast? I mean that could carried? be it
4: too, right? Because uh, that's that's kind of a strange. It is weird when you look at their numbers, though. Like that West Coast trip, they were incredible. They were destroying the ball, scoring runs left and right, and they come back home and they got absolutely nothing. So I think weather has to do with it a little bit more, like you were talking about. But we will see. I think Philly's in an intriguing spot tonight. All right, we'll come back. We have best bets. You have something in this series between, or excuse me, for the Boston Celtics big picture that we'll discuss. I've got a little something tonight between Dallas and Golden State, and some more baseball as well. Before we get you out of here for the weekend, see you here on Visa.
5: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you
1: what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
5: This is the edge on VSN,
4: the sports betting network. VSN Spring Specials here only 59 bucks you're going to get everything VSN has to offer from now to the end of July, including Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball best bets. Jonathan Von Topolis, me. He's going to have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention all the other sports like UFC, USFL, you know, the big things. NASCAR, if you want the full VSIN experience, check it out. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at slash spring. So, Tigers in a uh, tough spot here. How bad is it? Because he
3: just blasted the know. ball
4: right over the green. So. No, it's
3: par three. It looks yeah. like uh, his drive bounced over the green. We'll find out here in a couple minutes. But right now, JT the leader at six under. Zalatoris and Tom Hoagie three straight birdies to get to five under. Both uh, tied for second. And Rory McIlroy has slipped back to three shots off the lead at uh, three under. Let's get to um, best bets, mm-hmm. and I've got a few guys live, including Willie Zalatoris at thirty-four to one. Cameron Smith at 21-1, to and uh, most of the other guys pretty much out of it. I'm not sure if Colin Morikawa is going to make the uh, cut. Um, Looks like the cut line is going to be four over. Yeah, he's two
4: over through the day, four over for the tournament. Four over
3: for the tournament. He's right on the cut line right now. the cut line might get to five over. But, man, sure didn't think that uh, Morikawa was going to be the guy – Sweating out the cut line going into the week. Uh, Zalatoris and Cameron Smith, my two best bets going into the weekend. Uh, by the way, John Daly, those,
4: uh, those peanut M&Ms, Diet Coke are catching up with them. He's three over right now for Is the he? day. So it's five over for the, for the, the tournament.
3: <laughs> uh, also, I've got Justin Thomas plus 210 to finish in the top ten. Okay, uh, So that looks pretty good. All right, let's get to uh, oops and the association. And, uh, JVT, what do you have tonight or for the weekend in the NBA?
4: Yeah, so uh, for tonight, we're, uh, I'm going to go back to the law. I will believe in my priors here that the uh, Golden State Warriors are a little overvalued. We talked about the shot quality stuff here for the Dallas Mavericks, the fact that not only did they win a shot quality score by some metrics, uh, but also shot 8 of 28 on wide-open three-point attempts. To get 28 wide-open three-point attempts in one game is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I do think that there's going to be some correction there. And they were very competitive in that first half before everything started to kind of get away from them. Really similar to game too against Phoenix right like they looked pretty competitive and all of a sudden just got blown wide open mm-hmm. I, I believe in this Dallas Mavericks team a little bit more than the market does so and I'm always like this and I think maybe you would agree I don't think you improve or downgrade a power rating off of one result if the Warriors were a five and a half point favorite in game one even if they cover the way that they did if there's no real injury they could come back here and you probably make the number exactly
3: the same if maybe a small tweak but not a full point so give me the Dallas Mavericks plus six and a half yeah, you had a bad break there in Game One because Charles Barkley and Colin Coward each put, picked uh, the Mavericks. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty tough. That's pretty tough. Tough, tough to overcome that mm-hmm. type of jinx. Also, I also
4: went on a uh, went on a program who spent like two minutes on my pick. I did an interview. Uh-huh. I was really surprised to see you were on the Dallas Mavericks. It was like during the third quarter of the game, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get them wrong. Yeah,
3: yeah you do. <laughs> uh, that's how guys like Phil Mickelson. Uh, roll up $40 million in gambling bets over four years. You can't win them all. <laughs> no, no, you, you m- can't. More often than not, you oh. lose. Uh, some gamblers lose more often than not. All right, so you've tried to talk me into this for two months. I do. I am on the Celtics to win this you series. finally hit on the <laughs> anyway. I got in it uh, too long. I waited too long to pull the trigger, and I'm convinced the Celtics are going to win the NBA championship now. So I finally bet them yesterday, plus 180. Bet MGM's got the best price of $2.00. You've oh, got, by the way,
4: no, I just checked it. It is plus one eighty now. So I bet MGM? I, at okay. least for, in Nevada. So maybe in New Jersey it's a little yeah. bit different, but it is plus one eighty out here in Nevada.
3: I like this because the Celtics are gonna win this series. And then uh what do you think the series price? I don't want to put you on the spot, JVT. Kay. Um but what do you think the series price would be if it's Celtics Warriors?
4: Uh it's gonna be about Warriors minus 120, 130. Okay. Yeah. One, I mean, if you look at the futures market, it gives you an idea. Two. Jeff home Sherman told me home court. <laughs> yeah. Home court, all of that stuff. So, and I was also texting with Jeff Sherman. He sent me a bunch of like the projected series prices, what they could potentially be for the NBA finals. He had warriors minus minus one twenty. So a little tweak here or there. I don't think, I don't think the market would allow the Celtics to be a favorite over a team like the warriors mm-hmm. with home court, with the public nature of the golden state warriors. Celtics might be a little bit more public as they get into the finals, depending on how the series ends. But I don't think the betting market would allow you to hang the Celtics as a favorite in that series without home court. Um, it's not like Miami. Miami was not that high power rated by the market, and you kind of saw that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll say I'll say Celtics even money for that series.
3: Okay. Well, if you're buying Boston, bet the Celtics win the whole thing right now. It's a good price of plus 180.
4: Yeah, and also, so I saw this one out there too because Mitch tweeted out that he was in on Boston too to win the uh, the NBA finals, and somebody asked him, like, why not just bet Tatum to win MVP? <laughs> the, the, the problem with that is, one, the obvious, it can lose if the Celtics still win. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics of all these teams – they have, I think, the most options to win a Finals MVP. They have a Jalen Brown who can sure. carry them through multiple Marcus games. Smart. Marcus Smart. is Smart, exactly. Uh, hell, Al Horford, we saw what he did over the course of two or three games from Milwaukee. So I think that would be that's a little bit more eh, than betting like a Steph Curry to win Finals MVP or a Jimmy Butler to win Finals MVP or Luka Doncic. Like if their teams are winning it, they're winning Finals MVP, mm-hmm. especially Jimmy Butler because he's got no help whatsoever.
3: Anyway. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was obvious that Scotty Scheffler should be the favorite in this golf tournament, and he's not making the cut at the PGA. By the way, Tiger just hit a really poor chip out of the back. He did blast that T shot over the green. His drive went over the green. He tried to chip back on it, it was short. I mean, that's that's the type of uh, chip I'd be embarrassed if I hit. So Tiger's going to drop a stroke on this hole. He's not going to sink that 40-foot putt. So he's going to be back to plus uh, four for the tournament. He's still going to beat John Daly, though. He can uh, always take that home with him, right? I don't think you should uh, set those type of goals in life. <laughs> <laughs> Strive for bigger things. Uh, anyway. Uh, Tiger, t- there's going to be a lot of money on and against Tiger to make the cut in this tournament. There's oh, a lot of interest in how he's going to play the back nine today. Well, that's
4: why this, That's why bets like this it's what makes uh, yeah. some sporting events, man. You would think that oh, who cares? Guys struggling to make the cut. Something like this, yeah. oh, you gotta watch. Um, all right, two baseball bets. It's actually about two games that we talked about. So we mentioned Blackburn. I'm going to go there. Like I, I think from a price standpoint, still, still, Seth looks great, and there's a reason why he got called up early. The Angels really like him, uh, but to face the same lineup, and yes, it is the A's lineup, but to face the same lineup in the second consecutive start, your second major league start. I think you're priced a little too high, at like minus 180, 185. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that bullpen, the way that it's been pitched lately, some of that regression is starting to hit them a little bit. So I I think that this is priced out a little too high for the Anaheim Angels at home. So give me Blackburn, plus 163 for the full game. I like that boy. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm going to take a shot with Suarez of the Phillies today, plus 124. Everything that we mentioned. Uh, Yes, the offense is kind of tied down uh, coming back to the East Coast, but they've hit lefties pretty well statistically. 7-4 to this season against left-handed pitching. Arias, also, I didn't mention this. How about this? Arias. Three flat ERA, but a four ninety three fielding independent. Might have some stuff coming for him. And against a lineup that has hit lefties well, I'll take a shot there with Suarez and the Phillies. So two underdogs in baseball today.
3: I think you got two live dogs there with the A's and the Phillies tonight. Uh, I'm going to put up a story tonight on .com after the second round of the PGA's finish. we taking a look at adjusted odds for the weekend. Watch out for Cameron Smith. Yeah. yeah he's floating around. He's not going away. Ooh, Tiger just missed that putt by about an inch and a half. So Tiger is going to walk off with bogey after that poor drive, uh, but he's going to be back to four over, sitting right on the cut line wow. uh, the as drama. he gets ready to make the turn. I think that's number eight. I think he's uh, got one more to play on the front nine. But I think Cameron Smith, who's been really quiet, even going into the tournament, not much talk about him uh, this week. It looks like he's about to go four under right now, two strokes back. And I think he's going to be a, a guy you've got to pay attention to on the weekend. You might be able to get a little bit of value in the number on Cameron Smith uh, with JT and uh, Will Zalatoris out of the trees at the top of the leaderboard. Willie Z right now, second shot out of the trees. Boy, that looked like a hell of a shot, didn't it? Yeah. So he's going to walk off with the least par there. It's going to be a good weekend at the PGA. You've got the uh, hardwood handicapper show up. Sunday. Uh, Sunday afternoon, you're going to be on the air, I think, when the last – probably the last oh, yeah. hour or so of the golf tournament. Oh, done, we'll right? keep
4: track. Always do. Always do. It's a hardwood handicappers, but uh, we will we'll never sleep on
3: a golf major. Uh, what's the weather like this weekend, by the way? Anything like today? I think it's supposed to be a little bit warmer not quite as windy. Okay. But I'm not a weatherman. That's just what I heard. Well, oh, I mean, look, weathermen themselves are kind of like touts. <laughs>
4: Run I don't think the cold. accuracy is, yeah. not, The accuracy is, I think, always in question in terms of weathermen. Uh, I never really uh, believe it. I've been told by my weather app many things, and I step outside and
3: it's the complete opposite. Yeah, just like I said, there's a lot of sharp golf handicappers who thought Scotty Scheffler was, without a doubt, the guy to beat this week. Scheffler was uh, the hottest player on the planet. He's going to a course that he said is his favorite in the world. You were telling me, didn't he allegedly set some sort of record there or something like that? Was that him? No, that was somebody else. Oh,
4: okay, all right. But.
3: Yeah. He went and played a practice round at Southern Hills uh, two weeks ago and shot a 64. Yeah. He won the Big 12 tournament at Southern Hills in 2015 when he was a player at Texas. Everything lined up this week for Scotty Scheffler to contend to be a series contender and to be the pre-tournament favorite to win his second straight major. He's not going to make the cut. Yeah. Uh, the cut line right now, four over. Scheffler off the course at six over. He's done. Uh, that's how tough it can be to handicap this stuff. And you uh, uh, sometimes. And you and got uh, a
4: guy like Mito Pereira who just put like a 20-foot putt within a foot of the hole for par. Now <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So anyway, it's good to be a bookmaker in the PGA because there was a lot of liability out there on Scotty Scheffler, and he's done.
4: All right, I got to get out of here. Watch this Joe Buck, Michael Collins feed. They're talking to Justin Thomas. Can't wait.
3: We'll be back on Monday. Make sure you check out Hardwood Handicapper Sunday, 3
4: p.m. Pacific time. And also right after that, the run line. Yeah, we got a baseball show, so make sure you're watching that too here on Visa and the Sports Buddy Network. We'll see you.